This is episode number 26 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome to episode number 26 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people acquire leadership and management skills to really improve your career and, and generate that dynamic growth in your business. This is part two of a two-part episode on the important roles that a good leader takes on. Now, by the way, I mentioned this last week on, on the last episode, but if you take a look at the show notes at leadersinstitute.com, I've, I've included a survey that you can complete to assess your leadership skills in each of these areas, each of the areas that we're going to talk about. And when you complete the survey, you'll be forwarded to the results so you can kind of see how you score compared to other leaders who listen to the podcast. The items that we covered last week and the ones that we're going to finish up with on this episode are those skills that if you strengthen them, will make it to where those people around you, the ones that work with you, the ones that work for you, they're, they're going to see you as a good leader. By the way, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. In a few weeks, by the way, we are going to be releasing the new version of the High Impact Leaders Leadership Program. Um, this is the program. We, we first rolled this out in 2002, and, and we've had over 50,000 people that have gone through the program over the, the last couple of decades. And um, the, the new release, though, is something that we feel is going to really revolutionize leadership training or leadership development worldwide. Um, in, in the 2002 version, the one that I started back when I first started the Leaders Institute, it was an in-person leadership workshop. And, and they were really, really popular, by the way. I mean, that's basically all we did for the first you know four or five years that we were in business. And in 2008, though, we created the first online version of the program. So that was when YouTube was really starting to kind of come on, uh, come on the, the scene and everything. Um, I, I, to be very blunt, though, I mean, to, to, to kind of level with you, the online version just didn't have the, the flair. It didn't have the real-world application and the coaching that the workshops had, you know, that getting that one-on-one -on -one coaching from an expert, it, it's really vital to this type of development. And that's one of the reasons why we're so excited about the podcast, getting you to kind of come back every week and, and covering something new that, that really helps. Now, though, with Zoom and other online presentation platforms, the newest version of the program is it's really a hybrid that, that gets the convenience of the online training with the real world coaching from experts. Now we're in the final stages of the beta testing for the program, but the results so far that we've seen that they've just been outstanding. And I'll be kind of telling you a little bit more about this in, in the, the weeks to come. So stay tuned. All right, so let's get on with the rest of today's topic. So during the introduction, I kind of mentioned that the, the fifth one, the number five role is it's a little bit different than the rest of them because up until this point, all of them have been related to what you would expect a normal leader, a normal manager to do. But number five is that you want to coach your team members to meet with each other away from you, away from the, the team leader. I mean, let's face it. I mean, we all think that we're really, really good communicators and we're really, really good leaders. However, our team members will always tell each other way more than they tell us. So one of the things that we started to do here at the Leaders Institute is I've started encouraging my team members each week to, to just reach out to one of the other team members every week. That's something outside of the normal, you know, I mean, obviously they call each other and they talk to each other and they do the Zoom meetings. 
meet with each other in person if we're in the office. They do that kind of stuff anyway, but uh, what we're looking, what I was encouraging them to do is to do something out of kind of the normal business day activity. So it might be meeting somebody for coffee or going out to lunch with, with a coworker that you don't go out to lunch with or, or uh, just stopping by the office or doing a Zoom call out of the blue, something like that, something that's, that's, that's uh, impromptu. And so since each one of the team members um, will, is, is kind of given a different person to, to communicate with each week, that, that means that since each one of them has their person and the other person in the office has them, that means they're going to be meeting with two people outside of the kind of the normal business interaction. And, and they don't necessarily, those meetings, by the way, don't have to necessarily be work-related. They could be anything. The point is to just build camaraderie and teamwork. Um, I, I'll give you a good example of one of these that, that I did, you know, really early in my career. This is actually when I was working part-time in, uh, in high school. I worked for a hospital and the, tar- the department that I worked in signed up for a co-ed volleyball, like an intramural squad at the, at the rec center. And since I was, at the time, I was 18 years old and I, I was heading to college in a couple of months to play football, <laughs> my boss recruited me to be on the team. Now, I learned more about the folks that I worked with in that kind of four weeks, you know, every Tuesday night or whatever it was. Then I learned in the entire previous year working with them. It, it's you just kind of see people in a different light. You you pick up on a lot of their their humor that they may not that you may not see in the office and stuff like that. And and I had a lot of fun by the way. And and just as an FYI, football and volleyball they require two totally different types of athleticism. So we we actually really sucked. But um anyway, but the point is is that we had fun and we built some camaraderie. And you want to encourage your team to do that as well. So the sixth role of a really good team leader is that that leader will typically delegate responsibilities to the members of their team. So, and this is one of the major roles that a leader has is is to kind of know the strengths and the capabilities of each one of your team members. And then you have to delegate the responsibilities to each one of those, those team members. Now notice the wording. This isn't, I'm not saying to delegate tasks. That's a totally different thing. That, that's not leadership, by the way. Instead, what you want to do is give your team responsibility and then also give them the authority to make those things happen, those things that they're responsible for, make those things happen. It, it, it's a subtle but really, really important difference between the two philosophies here. Like, for instance, in some restaurants, you know, you might be eating with family members or with your, with your significant other or whatever, and then this random person just comes up to your table and ask how your meal was. And you, a lot of times it's kind of awkward. And so you just kind of respond back, uh, good, you know, and, and I know when this happens to me, I mean, I know it's the manager, right? I know it's the person it's, it's, it's a manager that's completing a task that that manager is assigned to, uh, it's been told, go make contact with the diners, you know, but really it, that manager doesn't care about the people that are in his or her restaurant. They, they're, they're just going through the motions to complete the task. There's, there's nothing warm. There's nothing personal about, about that contact. It's like, well, I was supposed to make contact with everybody. I did that. Okay. My job's done. Right. That's, that's delegating a task. In other restaurants though, the manager might say something like, Hey folks, I, I, I hate to interrupt your meal, but I'm Doug or I'm Bob and I'm the store manager. So how is, you know, and say the name of the waiter, how's Joe treating you? Right. 
And a lot of times they'll just pause and wait for a response. And, oh, you know, a lot of times they'll say something personal like, oh, oh, I, I see you ordered the Marsala. That is my favorite. How is it? You know, so basically they're making that personal contact. They're not out at the rest or not walking through the dining room trying to fulfill a task. They're, they're actually trying to get a better result. They're trying to to um to to take responsibility for creating that that fantastic customer experience is a much higher level of delegation and and that's really what we want to do as as a manager we want to make sure that we're not just delegating tasks to our to our team members we want to make sure that they're they're taking on that responsibility that they're it's something that they're passionate about it's something that they they really want to see fulfilled and if they do that you're going to you're going to have some a, a build a really good team with your group anyway really one of the major leadership roles and that's to build more of a team culture so there are really two parts to building a team culture within your organization. The first part is that you have to create the environment that is fun, that's productive, that's fulfilling. And then the second, you have to be on the lookout for those cancers that, that eat away at, at the team culture. So by the way, if you're, if you're exhibiting really effective team leadership by strengthening these other nine skills, those other things that we've kind of talked about, you're going to automatically be doing this one, by the way. So at times you may want to do more than what your team really expects. You know, for instance, so an impromptu pizza party on Friday or happy hour uh, can, can do um, wonders for, for team culture. The major part of the skill though, is how we treat our team members. You got to, if you respect and edify your team, then they're going to respect and edify each other. The tougher part, though, is to look for the, the cancers within the organization. Uh, I'll give an example, it's a personal example. It kind of hits home, but years ago, I hired this brilliant instructor. He was, I mean, he was a really top producer. Just his, his clients absolutely loved him. They would ask for him over and over and over again. Um, and while he was on the team, I began to notice, though, that some of the other team members begin to get somewhat disgruntled, and which is odd. I mean, we have such a a powerfully positive team culture. I mean, just for what we do, I mean, we're doing leadership skills and we're helping people create, you know, major changes in their life. And so it, it's, it's the kind of thing that, I mean, we have, we have a long line of people lining up the lining up at the door to, to try to get in. And all of a sudden, some of these folks that had um, always been really positive and really upbeat, I started to see that they were a, a little dissatisfied. So it was, it was kind of odd. And I really didn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Something had changed, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Eventually, we found out that this, this instructor that I was talking about, he had started a competitive company on the side and he was funneling clients to his new company and and once we found that out i had to terminate him which which was really sad i mean it was it was really kind of a waste but after he was gone i started realizing that that what he had been doing very subtly was sowing the seeds and negative throughout the organization he would basically go and kind of talk to to different team members one-on-one -on -one and and it was really subtle at the time he, he would he would say something that was just kind of negative and say, hey, are you seeing that too? And and all of a sudden, misery loves company. So other folks would go, you know, that is true, right? You know, it's it's just like he's planting seeds in in the mind. So my guess that that what he was doing was he was trying to get the coworkers that the people that he worked with to become so upset that they would kind of quit and work for him later. But 
it, it, once we kind of figured this out and, and got him out of the, the system, it took, it took the company, it took my company years to, to recover. So don't make the same mistake that I did. If you kind of find that you have one of those negative, those folks that are kind of negative to the, the culture that you're trying to create, you, you have to really protect that culture. We worked really hard to build it. You got you to protect it. And so I'm, I'm way more on the lookout for that kind of thing than whatever it was in the past. So another thing that's really important, and this is one of the bigger mistakes that I see that a lot of leaders will make, is that you have to provide your team members the appropriate resources to do their jobs effectively or to get those results that you're expecting from them. Nothing can be more frustrating for a team member than to be given the responsibility to make something happen, but not the appropriate resources to get to make it happen. So uh, like, for instance, years ago, I taught a, a leadership course for a department of the U.S. government, and I'm not going to tell you which one, you know, but this is kind of after working with the U.S. government a lot, it's kind of typical that a lot of departments, a lot of the, the U.S., the, the federal government departments anyway. But in one of the sessions, we were doing this really cool session about creative problem solving and group problem solving techniques. And, and this is one of the, the sessions of our leadership program that is always really popular. I mean, people, when people go through that, they go, oh my God, I can't believe that we accomplished all this. It's just really cool because a lot of times people will, will come up with creative solutions, sometimes to challenges that have been, you know, years in the making. And, and in a few minutes, they're able to come up with, with really fantastic ways to, to solve those problems. So it's always, it's always a real crowd pleaser anyway. Um, this one was different though, because uh, the, the results, it basically once the, the session was over, the, the result that we got was totally different. The, the group came up with, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so different potential solutions to the, the challenge that they had identified. And then we, then we got to the part of the process where we were, I was going to have the team choose the best solution and then put together an implement, implementation plan. So, you know, once you come up with a solution, you got to be able to implement it. And as they kind of went through the list, only a very, very small percentage of the solutions that they had come up with were actually viable. The others needed, literally, they needed an act of Congress or a policy change that was initiated by the president, and they didn't have the power to do any of those things. And so they were limited to their scope, but what they could actually do to solve the problem was very limited. And it was pretty frustrating for them. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure they kind of go through that consistently on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, from a teaching perspective, this is really sad. I mean, these, these leaders had been given the responsibility for results but not the resources to get those results. And, and it would be, it, I mean, a, a good analogy would be, it's, it's like giving your teenager the responsibility for making sure that the lawn is clean and tidy and then limiting that teenager to only a single tank of lawnmower gas each month, right? So the first couple of weeks of the month, lawn's gonna look pretty good. Well, I mean, depending on your teenager anyway, but it will look better anyway. But after the resources are gone, after that, that gasoline is gone, the teens is going to have a tough time getting the, the result that you were looking for. So just keep in mind that that is really, really important in the leadership part of the, of the puzzle is to make sure that your team has the appropriate resources to get those things accomplished that you're assigning to them to accomplish. 
So the last couple of tips I'm going to cover are really coaching type things. So we, after we've kind of set in the very early stages, we've set that we've created the vision and we've set the corporate goal and we've established those expectations and we've set those individual goals. Now it's time to, to build the confidence of the, the people that are on our team. So um, if, you, if you've done those, those earlier things, those first three or four things that I talked about, then this part is going to be much easier. You, you want to praise every success. And the way that you know whether or not your team members have created that success is because you have the vision. If they're moving you toward the vision, then you're going to praise it. If they're, if they're um, accomplishing some of the corporate goals, then you're going to praise it. If they're meeting or exceeding your expectations, then you praise it. If they're um, accomplishing their specific individual goals, then, then you praise it. Basically, those are the things that you're, you're praising them for. So um, when any of those things happen, you want to make sure and call attention to it in a real positive way. Every time that we praise a success, we're building confidence in that team member. And at the same time, we're showing the other team members, the other people that are, that are kind of watching us praise the, the, the team member, the val- that we value those results. We value when you move us toward that vision. We value when you move us toward that goal. We value you. We value when, when you're um, meeting or exceeding your expectations. We value you accomplishing those personal goals. And, and when they see that, then it starts to spread throughout the, the entire organization. We're, we're kind of showing them. If they do that, then they're going to be rewarded as well. So, I mean, a, a good analogy for this is you picture, you know, building your team like constructing a building. The, the early leadership roles that we talked about, the, the, those first four things, they're, they're like the blueprint. They're what we're wanting to accomplish. And so yeah, they, they, that blueprint lets you know what success looks like. And if you spend time establishing those earlier leadership roles, then the later ones get much easier to identify. So um, like, like as the structure is built, you can look at the blueprint and see, okay, if, is this structure in line with what we've set at the build? And, and as the tasks are accomplished and the results are, are achieved, then you just go back and check the blueprint. Is it, is it up to snuff, right? If the results are in line with the blueprint, then you praise the results. Really easy thing to do. Every time that you do this, by the way, you increase the enthusiasm and you increase the energy of not only that team member that you praise, but the, the, the entire team once they accomplish those goals, right? So it's really, really effective at, at kind of building that team culture that we talked about before. And it's, and it's really one of the critical parts of the coaching process. So the last role that we're going to cover is the one that a lot of times people will kind of see as more of the negative because effective team leadership is going to sometimes require us to discipline our team members or to, to, fix something that's not not right. So no matter how good we are as a leader, ultimately we're going to be required to to do something to help get one of our team members back on track. And in fact, this is a really, really important role as a, as a leader. So keep in mind that discipline doesn't mean that we're calling somebody out on the carpet and, and it, it doesn't, in fact, you'll get much, much, much better results if you use this as an opportunity to coach the team member to fix the challenge himself or herself. If you, if you let the person save face, you know, for example, let's say that you've done an excellent job establishing your expectations and setting goals. So, and then one of your team members misses that goal in a single week. Not, you know, if it happens one time, not a huge kind of thing, but we don't, we, we want to make sure it's not a repeated 
habit, right? We don't want them to fall into that, that bad habit. So if that happens in, in a single week, you know, a, a bad leader would call that person in, in to his or her office and then ask, hey, why did you miss that goal? However, a really good leader is going to create more of a positive coaching session out of the, the situation. So a good leader might say something like, hey, just out of curiosity, how did you do on the weekly goal last week? And then you let the team member kind of confess that he or she missed the goal, right? And then once they do that, you just kind of look, at it's, it's, you make it a positive thing. Well, I mean, it happens. It's going to happen from time to time. So uh, do you think it's kind of just an anomaly, you know, something that's not like that happened again? Or is it something that we need to make a behavior change? We need to kind of do something different this week. And then just let them go. Let them figure it out for themselves. If you coach in, in that way or in some type of similar way, you're not micromanaging now. Instead, you're getting that team member to focus regularly on what is important, on meeting those goals. However, if the team member misses the goal and then nothing is said, you don't do anything, you just, eh, okay. Then it, 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 it's like, it's okay to miss the goal, right? It's, because, it's okay. Well, the boss isn't going to say anything, so I guess I can get away with it, right? It's kind of like the, the situation I was talking about with one of my earlier bosses where, you know, I was turning in the work that he asked me to do, but I didn't know if it was good and he never coached me and he never helped me correct behavior. So as a result, I just kept doing it the same way over and over and over again, the bad way, and, and it caused problems for him later on. So you, you're basically inadvertently reinforcing negative behavior if you're, if you're not coaching your, your team members, if you're not helping them make those corrective actions. So what happens if the person continually misses his or her goal? You know, is that, is that the time that you should really fire the person? Not necessarily. And in fact, in a lot of cases, it could mean that the goals are just, they, they're just a little off. You just, the first thing that you want to do is maybe try to adjust the goals. So, I mean, one of the earlier examples that I gave you on the session was I was running the 5K and I was using that as the mile marker, right? Let's say that I'm training for a 5K and I set my goal that, uh, let's say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run two miles um, a day or two, let's, I'm going to run two miles every other day uh, for a week. And I'm, I want to average, eh, let's say I want to average an eight minute mile in each one of those, those miles that I run. And at the end of the first week, I don't get anywhere close to eight minute mile. <laughs> I'm like 10 minutes and 30 seconds. But, but let's say the first time I was, I was 11 minutes. I averaged 11 minutes. And the second time, 10 minutes, 30 seconds. And then the third time, 10 minutes. Hmm. Well, I got better each time. So that's not necessarily a negative. It just means that my eight minute goal was a, was maybe a little on the unexpected it's, it, it, for, for my age and my, the way that I run, uh, probably a little high, probably set that goal a little bit in, 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 in a little bit too um, optimistic way. And so I adjust the goal a little bit. So if I, if I was averaging 10 minutes, 30 seconds, but I did run, one of those, or I did average a 10 minute mile in one of those sessions, maybe next week. Now I adjust the, the, the goal to 10 minutes and then maybe a couple of weeks later to nine and a half minutes. And then a couple of weeks later to nine minutes. And then maybe a month later down to eight and a half, right? And then a month later to eight, you know, over time I can accomplish that goal that I originally set out to do. So it doesn't mean just because a person kind of misses his or her goal continually that they're a bad worker or they're not doing what you expect them to do. Sometimes it's a matter of adjusting the goal a little bit better. And that's one of the things that, that good leaders really, really do. Anyway, so those are 10 things that you can do as a, as an, as an effective leader, those roles that you want to take on. And if you focus on those 10 things one at a time and really, 
make those a part of what you do as a manager or a leader, then people are going to want to work with you and want to work for you. And you're going to be create that team culture that you really, really want in your organization. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of the High Impact Leaders podcast. Hey, don't forget that that we actually have a survey set up where you can actually compare your leadership skills in these areas to other people that are, that are listening to the podcast. So if you go to, to leadersinstitute.com and just type, if you go to the search bar, just type in the title of, of this podcast or this session and it should come up right away and there'll be a survey right at the bottom of it. And it's, it's kind of cool. You can kind of see, Hey, I always thought I was a pretty good leader, but you know, let me see how I compare to other people in, in uh, maybe in, in the, that kind of listen to the podcast anyway. So have some fun with that and we'll see you next week on the high impact leaders podcast. Bye y'all.